Yeah, I mean, he put up points here. Yeah. But. But. But is what? I like like Bradley. I'd like to keep him. I mean, I hope we just keep everybody to just start winning. But right now, we're losing against the Pelicans. Oh, we're going to get destroyed tonight against the Pelicans. We're only down by five. We're still going to get wrecked. And welcome to the Down in Front Podcast. Oh, is that what we're doing? Yes. Oh, okay. He didn't say anything, so we just kind of went with it. Sports. 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 We're going to lose. The only podcast of our fantasy basketball leads. <laughs> no, fantasy basketball. No, we're going to lose 100% of our listeners and about 70% of our, our our people doing the podcast with that conversation. Worst cold open ever. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I think we had some... <laughs> what is the worst cold opening you think we had? Do you remember... Didn't we have one where we were talking about, or we were explaining Tinder to Bobby? <laughs> Might be. Well, no, I think it was that, or we were we were trying to explain it to Guillermo because Bobby, because Bobby was. Yeah, Bobby, Bobby knows what's going on. Yeah, Bobby's tindered. I like that. What do I have to? Can I write that down? <laughs> uh, we are here today, and we're going to be talking about a pretty new film that's out. I liked it a lot, but we'll hold on to my comments for right now. Um, Doctor Strange, the latest kind of Marvel um, Cinematic Universe sort of installment, and uh, let's go to a bit of a round table and talk about who we have for today, what they're watching, and uh, what you guys are drinking. So, uh, who wants to start? Mike? Uh, yeah, so in terms of, uh, I got a, I, this is the worst review ever. Um, so I have, I'm drinking a, a liquid form of two of our most favorite gases, uh, hydrogen and oxygen. Oh, that was uh, Was it? Mm, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I got, I got a nice little glass of water. Uh, the, the recent election and or, uh, the weekend has made me not want to ever drink alcohol ever again. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in terms of like what I've been watching, I, basically nothing. So I like I've been mad busy, um, and I've just haven't had time to look at anything. Well, I'm excited for tonight because not many of us have probably seen. Actually, none of us except for Bradley have seen Westworld. So we definitely be kind of catching up on that tonight. Hopefully, so we're pretty excited about that. Jesse, yo, what you been watching? What you uh, what you sipping on over there? I'm right now drinking uh, Arizona watermelon fruit juice cocktail. I love cocktail. Every, it, says, <laughs> it even says cocktail on there. That's kind the, of bold. That's the biggest stretch I've ever yeah. heard. <laughs> uh, I love everything that Arizona makes. These cans, a dollar for twenty-two ounces. Oh, and then twenty-three. Sorry. And so then when they get the uh, the two for one, yeah, the two for oh, one is where it's at. It's maybe the greatest deal of all time. It's it's always a good size can. Plus, their like lids are a little bit wider, so you get more liquid when you drink it. I love everything Arizona has. Um, in terms of what I'm watching, I finally saw Sausage Party. Um, so now, I, I, it's funny, I sat in on that uh, review and didn't see it. It was okay. 
It was eh. The final sequence, though? Eh. Even that. Like, really? I, I was I just very... Come on! I, I was very nonplussed the entire thing. I was like, this movie... Like, there, the a lot of the vulgarity and all that felt forced to me. Hmm. Like, it was like, oh, we're just putting in all this vulgarity just for the sake of being a rated R animated movie. I, I would give it, like, a... Probably a C or a D. I was kind of bored. Do you remember what your grades for that were? I have I think, no idea. I think mine was a B. Yeah. Maybe a B minus. I think mine was like, kind of like around like a B, B plus. I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. I thought it was hilarious for that one, but... Some of the pun jokes were funny, but that, that was about it. Yeah. That's all I really needed to bring up. Cool. Pass along. Sure. Uh, Josh, what's going on? Uh, not much. I got a uh, Out of Your Gourd Pumpkin Porter from <laughs> right. uh, Red Hook. In my hand right now. I like the pretty like, tasty. Like the fun. <laughs> um, but as far as what I've been watching, I really haven't been watching much other than just new episodes as they come out of like The Simpsons and Family Guy and all that stuff. Uh, I really haven't been busy. I just haven't felt like watching anything <laughs> because you know everything's going to hell in a handbasket with Donald Trump. Do the Simpsons feel uh, like still fresh and fun? As I have it's, twenty it's years. It's hit or miss. Yeah, uh, some of the newer <clears throat> episodes are well done, and I still get some chuckles out of it. So that's why I continue to come back to them week to week. Hmm. Awesome. Okay, uh, Braylon, how's it What's going? What's up? How's it going? Good to see you again. Good to see you too. Yeah. yeah. What you uh, what you are uh, sipping on over there? Uh, I got a bullet rye Oof. with Coca Cola. Ooh. So not Pepsi. Uh, not Pepsi. Not diet. Not diet Pepsi. Hmm. No. Not ginger. No. Hmm. No ginger. No ginger. Oh, oh, that is true tonight. No Kyle. <laughs> no Kyle. Thank you. Because yes. <laughs> no one likes Kyle. Oh, he's the worst. The worst. <laughs> and uh, what's funny is like I bought this bullet because I lost my voice yesterday, so. I went and made myself some hot toddies last night and this morning, and yeah, those are a game changer. Like, it's magic. You just drink one of those, and your voice is just back. So Now, is it now? how do you make a hot toddy? I'm, I'm, I'm curious, because there are a lot of different ways that people do them. I, I streamline mine. So I simply just put in the whiskey. I put in some honey. I ran out of honey, and I used this ginger syrup I have, so I poured that in. And then I uh, put in some water and lemon juice and... Put it in the microwave. Now, does anybody actually use tea with their hot toddies? No. I just drink tea. Uh, that sounds way too complicated. I just drink alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's either tea or beer. Okay. Well, all right. Cool. What you, uh, what you been watching? I checked out the first couple episodes of Netflix's new series, The Crown. Uh, it is a historical, dramatic retelling of Queen Elizabeth II's uh, rise to power, how she became queen and everything. And it's well acted. It has John Lithgow in it. Has Matt Smith, who was a former Doctor, Doctor Who. Yeah, and he does an amazing job as Prince Philip. And Claire Foy, I think, plays Queen Elizabeth, and she does an amazing job too. Shows well acted, well produced. It looks amazing. It's as far as I know, his pretty historically accurate, and it definitely looks at the part. Uh, I just find something missing in it. It's kind of like. There's nothing, there's no suspense to it. It's kind of like, since it is kind of trying to be historical and kind of accurate, you already know what's going to happen. And unless you don't know about that, how that, how her reign came to be, it can be a bit of a just like, oh, that was really cool how they did that. And you're just kind of 
lukewarm on how the delivery is, but it's definitely worth watching, I think. I'm going to keep with it. That's The Crown that's on Netflix? The Crown is on Netflix, yeah. Another show that's on Netflix that I've always like loved and would recommend to anybody, especially if you like cooking, is Chef's Table. They have two seasons out, and they have their latest season was called Chef's Table France, where they just focus on French chefs. And these are made by the uh, same people who made Jiro Dreams of Sushi. So if you've ever seen that documentary, uh, it's kind of the same type of style where they focus on what what makes the chef a person and how their dishes uh, speak through them as a person. So I find it to be not only very visually stunning, but also very cool to see these people just talk to them, talk about themselves as human beings. And... I saw Arrival today. A lot of people been raving about this. Uh, movie reviewers have. And I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was fun. Stars Amy Adams and uh, Jeremy Renner, a.k.a. Hawkeye. And it's a it's really cool because of it's kind of it gets you thinking. It's one of those movies that will get you thinking. I'm not going to spoil it at all, but it's kind of like primer. It's like, oh. I've never thought about things that way. And I like that with movies. And I also thought it was really cool. Like a lot of movies recently, like Spotlight and Zodiac and movies like that have always been showing you like the process of how things are created. This one has a similar type of feel to it as well. And that seems to be kind of a neat little trend that a lot of movies are doing these days. But I appreciate it. I know Guillermo was talking about it. And he asked me if he had <coughs> seen it. But I had no idea for what movie it was talking about. I was like, I don't even know what the rival is. So I'm still, I'm still doing them on no, no trailer, no poster, no Reddit post or anything like that. So I guess I'll watch it whenever. Yeah. But it was good? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Anything else? That's it. Cool. Um, so I am Warren, of course. And I am <laughs> sipping on some uh, UFO Winter Blend, a vanilla cold brew ale. <laughs> Um, it's surprising because I kind of like it, and for a person who doesn't like chocolate or coffee, it kind of tastes a little bit like both of those, but a little, a little nice, a little sweet, sweet, pretty smooth. So I'll definitely say check it out as well. I was surprised that UFO came out with this because they've been coming out and hitting a lot of home runs recently, so I like them a lot. Uh, except for the Flame on Friday, I didn't like that one. So uh, you're talking about Harpoon. Harpoon, yeah. Uh, and then I would say I've been watching a few, a few, a few things. I've been watching uh, a couple different things. This week, actually, Marathon Goliath, which is on Amazon, and The Night Of, two actual crime dramas that my friend was telling me to kind of watch, because apparently I don't really like too many crime dramas. They're kind of boring. Um, these two are very interesting. Two very different shows in particular. Um, the Night Of is on HBO. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I would say go into the show knowing not as much. I believe even the trailer doesn't even give a lot about, but it's a very interesting show, and you actually grow with the characters in a particular span of, I believe, eight to ten episodes. Um... It's pretty crazy. Uh, you probably don't know any of the actors, maybe one or two actors in it. Um, that's John Turturro and the gentleman who plays um, the uh, detective. I don't believe his name, but his name's Block in the actual show. Uh, very good show. Very interesting show about being at the wrong place in the wrong time through a scenario and how it uncovers and racism and things like that that happens in the world in um, uh, New York. So that's the night of. It's on HBL. I definitely suggest it. I'm surprised we never talked about it before because it's been out for some time. Hmm. Um, and I just renewed my HBL uh, Now membership so we can watch Westworld. And I was like, oh, let me binge this. And I did. 
I also watched Gods of Egypt, Gods of Egypt, and that was <laughs> terrible. Wow, I want to get three hours. Yeah, that movie was almost three hours. Really? Like that. That's what? <laughs> yeah, it was like two forty or two thirty or something oh. like that. Yeah, it was terrible. What inspired you to watch this? I think I was bored. I was cleaning. Uh, just like I was started to watch Expendable Three, and I was like, I'm bored. I'm gonna start cleaning my room, and I was like, Wow. And then it was so bad. I had to see how Gerard Butler was gonna finish this that movie, and it was not very good. A <laughs> uh, bunch of white dudes doing a bunch of white people thing. I don't know. Um, Goliath is also on Amazon. This uh, stars Billy Bob Thornton and a bunch of other characters that are in this. This is also a great show, completely opposite. Talks about the fact that this lawyer and his partner and his firm actually forced him out. And so you try to figure out some information that happened of how he was forced out and all this crazy stuff that actually happens. I would say definitely check it out. I mean, I know majority of people that you know have an Amazon Prime account. Ask them for their login. Just watch these eight episodes. They're about an hour long. Um, and just... Grow, like look at what happens with like a whole legal system in this particular kind of case because that was also a very good very interesting very good writing show um, to the point where the characters they are so there's a lot of developed characters that you learn very quickly and a lot of shit go down pretty quickly so um, check that out and then uh, lastly especially for this week uh, Saturday Night Live and I was really excited because I heard about this <laughs> I think like maybe a week or two ago that Dave Chappelle was hosting Saturday Night Live this week and I loved it. Does anybody else watch it? It was amazing. I it caught was... it on YouTube. I saw like a couple sketches in his opening monologue. Do you, you have to watch the entire thing, man? I didn't watch the entire thing. Oh, so it was, I didn't get to see Tribe. So. It was the first time I've watched a Saturday Night Live episode live in probably 20 years. Really? It was the first episode in general of Saturday Night Live I watched in probably <clears throat> seven or eight years. And it was it, it, incredible. Ugh. I think, like, one of, like, there's a lot of other sketches in there. I don't want to talk about it because a lot of people haven't seen it, and there's a lot of, not spoilers, but there's a lot of surprising stuff that I didn't know he was going to do. Um, but there's one sketch that they go in, and I was really glad they actually did this sketch, and it wasn't probably what you're thinking of. But uh, it's a sketch, they, they go in, they're talking, they have the Jerry Curls, and they're like, it was kind of weird, kind of awkward oh, sketch. Yeah, yeah. And then they kind of cut it, and people like mess up lines. And it was like pretty bad. It was very short. And then they cut it, does this like inside the SNL. So then the characters step out of their role, sit down as if they're being interviewed of how bad the sketch was. Hmm. And I sat there, I was like, this is probably the smartest thing to do. I was hoping they'll do it longer, but it was pretty short. Nah, I'm uh, not. But that, that was my favorite sketch above like other ones that were like there pretty big. one that was just like um, the perfect sketch. <laughs> um, so that's uh, Saturday Night Live. Definitely uh, Dave Chappelle kind of uh, Tribe Called Quest was on it and <clears throat> that was a huge tribute for Fife who actually passed away this year. Um, so definitely check that out. They're uh, coming back and their new album is phenomenal. I actually have been listening to it this entire time on Apple Music so definitely check it out there. Anything else before we get to it? That's about mm-hmm. it. Cool. So we're going to move into the section of talking about Doctor Strange. Just came out. Definitely go see it. Uh, let's move into a, a couple of the thoughts, but let's also kind of tie into some wins and uh, talk about what you liked about the actual movie. So, uh, Brylon? Uh, man, the Cape of Levitation, probably the best CG character Marvel's made. Such an amazing little thing that uh, is like the best sidekick of any Marvel character, I think. I didn't realize how autonomous that cape was. Yeah, Me neither. Not in the okay, okay. It's okay. awesome though. I like how they set it up where they like the artifact chooses you. Like that, yeah. But it's, it's like yeah. your wand chose you. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, there you go. Yeah, Doctor Strange was a lot of fun. I mean, it's definitely keeps that same um, 
nice mix of action, adventure, and humor that all the Marvel movies carry with them. They got a formula and they're sticking with it and it seems to definitely work and entertain. Absolutely. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is fantastic as Doctor Strange. Uh, as this being like one of the first Marvel movies I've seen where I like have almost zero context of anything about the character's history or anything, I enjoyed the character of Doctor Strange. He was... A lot of people are like, oh, he's just like Tony Stark. I mean, you can see the similarities, like, from the goatee to the snarkiness, but there's also an edge of him that other characters don't have where he's kind of cruel. There were moments where he said some things where you're like, that wasn't just snarky or being a dick. That was just very harsh, what you just said. And that was was pretty refreshing to have a character like that. Be neat to see how he intermingles with the other characters as the Marvel Universe uh, carries on. And even just, I was going to touch on one point that you talked about because I really like that fact about it because they added an element of, like, these are family movies, right? Like, as much as we talk about Marvel has been making kind of family movies, they're pushing it just a little bit, but still, like, nobody's being decapitated and you actually kind of see it. Happens in the movie, but you don't quite see it. You see a shadow, right? Um, But the fact that you you have a character who's a doctor who's being kind of mean because he's so cold, but typically as a doctor's profession, you ha- or you know, as one of somebody in the healthcare industry, you have to be a little bit cold, a little bit more removed to, to, in order to be able to kind of do your job as much as possible and be a conky and pompous. His character in particular kind of put, portrayed that to the point where I'm like, well, that's sometimes it, it's needed. Now, I'm sure it's going to come back and he's going to come a little bit more, a little bit nicer, but I'm really glad at least they had some of those elements because that, that's just something I hadn't seen before yeah. in a Disney film for somebody that kind of mean, it almost reminded me of like a, uh, in the Cinderella, like the evil like stepsisters and they're just yeah. mean just to be mean for a little bit, but that was, um, that was something I was kind of thinking of. But yeah. Yep. And I also thought um, the, at the end, the, the, I mean the magic effects as all well is probably like one of the most Visually stunning movies that Marvel's done as well. So well, um, visually stunning movies just in general. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> um, I didn't see it in three D just because three D doesn't uh, work for me. But oh, everybody man. I've talked to that out. saw yeah. it in three yeah. D say yeah. it was amazing. Yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, I thought they handled the magic effects really well, and uh, especially the final confrontation with Dormammu. Uh, it was nice to see that it wasn't just hey, let's beat the bad guy. Yes. Do you, uh, so one thing on that, um, I think it's funny where we, t- we were just talking about how Doctor Strange is gen- like generally cruel. He, um, he, one thing I think that I loved is they made a big point of him being a doctor. You know, obviously he says it, there's a couple jokes about it. Um, but part of that, and they even say it at one point, well, like the whole Hippocratic Oath, and that he actually follows through with that. He, he doesn't kill Dormammu. Yeah, like, he doesn't spoiler kill. Spoiler alert! Like he makes a bargain with him, and even though even though we could have gotten you know Marvel could have taken the the cheap way out and had this crazy you know Doctor Strange versus the the literal god you know special effects fight they didn't they went for they went for the option that no one died. Mm-hmm. Well, except for I mean you can't even say that the Cassilius and his followers no they, they just they need to live forever. That's, well, right. one of his followers did die. No, that was earlier. Right, yeah. but I think the, the first end, thing though. he did was he checked his pulse. Very true. And so again, they 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 drove it through where you're gonna see. Obviously, the Hulk doesn't care. Uh, even like Iron Man and Captain America, they they freely beat the crap and shoot and 
you know, fire rockets at all these different things. And, you know, we see the good doctor who actually lives up to his doctor name and tries to avoid killing. Yeah. And I do like that aspect of it because I know that there was a bit of a rift that started very early on with Doctor Strange and Mordor's character by Chile Fui, can't pronounce your last name. Uh, But they had a rift that started earlier just because he was a student, he was picking up things pretty quickly and... He, like, as a Mortis character, just didn't like that for some reason. Then, as it kind of progressed to the point where one of the Sanctums fell, he said that, well, you need to be able to um, kind of fight to kind of kill people. He's like, well, I can't do that. I'm a doctor. He's like, no, you like the spine of mm-hmm. that. And then we just see that those characters literally throughout the entire movie, even though they're helping and kind of fighting each other, they're still kind of drifting apart to the point where when they went, like, fast forward a little bit to the movie of, they, he trapped, um, because... Casilius. Casilius in the mirror world. He looked at him, he's like, maybe this wasn't a good idea. And Mortis looked at him, he was like, I, uh, are you serious? And then they ended up kind of following down. So I like that the path they started kind of diverging more and more throughout the actual end of the movie that we see that they're right. completely on opposite sides. So um, I do like that. Mike, any more? Oh, no, no, that's still brown. Um, oh, that's right. Oh, my blunt. Um, yeah, I mean, those. I mean, were the ones I had. Um, I mean, I. I mean, anything else? I would say. I mean, the action beats. I mean, were fantastic. The how they actually had them build up over time. That it wasn't just like the same thing over and over. Uh, that was pretty cool as well. Yeah. Am just, I up? Oh, oh god, you got it. Yeah. Um, I think I'm the only one in the room who's actually read Doctor Strange comics. Or, like, read up, or, or know the character. I know the character really well. And this was one of the more, like, true-to-the-comic-books adaptations <clears throat> that, that Marvel's really done. Um, I freaking loved the costume, and really all the costumes, and all the costume designs, but, like, the, the classic red cape of levitation and all that. And I remember when I heard that Doctor Strange was coming out, I was like, oh, that's, that's not going to translate into the real world, like... At all. It's a it's a corny outfit, it's a corny costume, and they actually made it look real solid, and I was impressed with that. Um, I also, too, like, I was having a lot of fun because they were making so many little references to other things in the Marvel Universe. Like, okay, so, for example, I got excited when I saw the Eye of Agamotto, the Cape of Levitation, but then they also mentioned, like, the Living Tribunal, mm. and, like, uh, it, all these other little scattered <laughs> gems that I can't quite yeah, remember right Dr. now. Yeah, Dr. Strange's Axe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and he's yeah. like going for the axe, and the cape's pulling him back. Yeah, yeah. And then he ends up getting the like the chains yeah. outfit, and like ah, it was just uh, I was having a lot of fun, just kind of nerd comic book geeking out. But man, I did love that costume design. As soon as I saw him like uh, finally have that cape on, and he has that moment where he like levitates up, and you get to see the full thing, I was like, damn, they they nailed it. And that yeah. was nice. What was really cool about it is, I mean, those. Those costumes were also kind of believable in, like, the regular world when you're not dealing with all the sorcerers. Because, uh, like, when the Ancient One fights, uh, I forget how you say his name. Casilius. Casilius. Thank you. Uh, and um, at the beginning, and then she just walks down the street and you just say, oh, this is one of the, the uh, Buddhists or monks that you see walking down the street anytime." Yeah. yeah, especially so, in New York. Yeah, I, I do want to draw one thing. Just speaking to like other, you know, other aspects <laughs> or other movies, uh, how in Ant Man, Scott Lang's just like, 
maybe we should call in the Avengers. Like, he was like, yeah, this is way out of our hands. Let's get them. And then uh, and then this movie, it was the total flip side of it. It was like, yeah, the Defenders, the, the Avengers, they, they do their thing. But it's really not that important because of what we do. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, like, I thought it was, like, a funny, like, twist on on that. And Wong said that or Morty said that? Uh, Wong said Wong. that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like you said, Avengers can protect the physical world, whereas we protect everything else. Yeah. And they don't even know. <laughs> Jesse, anyone? No, that was really my two points. I um, I did want to see... So they mentioned, like, comic book characters and all that, or I was mentioning comic book characters. Wong is, like, his sidekick and all that and all the comics, but I wanted to see them mention Clara, his wife, hmm. um, who is also, like, a major... Uh, character in the Doctor Strange universe. And she's wife or Doctor Strange wife? Doctor Strange's wife okay. is in the comics. Is that not Rachel McAdams? Or no, McAdams it's not Rachel McAdams at all. And so, I just thought that was interesting that that cornerstone character wasn't even brought up, wasn't even mentioned, because he's a she's a big part of his motivations to save the world and all that. Mm-hmm. But not really necessary. I didn't really like miss it. I was just like, oh, I wonder if they're going to make reference to that at all, and it never came. It is interesting that you kind of brought that up just because looking at the Marvel Cinematic characters, there is a bit of a kind of solidarity or aloneness that's happening with these characters, whether it's Iron Man and he had um, Pepper. Pepper. And now she's like kind of, we we knew in the movies, besides what happens to the you know, real life people, but in the movies, we know that Pepper has now gone. She consciously Cap- uncoupled from him. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. He said that. <laughs> Um, then we had, you know, Captain America who ended up having, he had Peggy and he had a couple connections, but now they're slowly kind of going, even like going. Well, you could say the only one that has any connections is Hawkeye. Instead of listening, well, literally they're all, they're all alone. Yeah. Except for Hawkeye. And has his daughter. It's true. True. And his ex-wife still, so. Peter's got his aunt. Peter's got his aunt. Listen, Ant-Man had his aunt. The the, the, the hot (laughs) hot Aunt May. No, I think it, it is a, it is funny. It's a major thing. But I think it's, so I think it's interesting me not really watching the first, like phase one and now really, really being into phase three and like how you can feel they're trying to, they're trying to isolate them so that when they come together, it's a bigger moment. And I'm like, I'm very in touch with that. Like, okay, yeah, we're, we're, you're building them up so much that I can't wait to see them interact with each other. Mm-hmm. Good. Josh, thoughts? Uh, I would touch on a couple of the other points that other people were making. Like, um, I think that the character development was really good for pretty much everybody throughout the movie. Uh, there were, well, there were a few characters that didn't really make, they were kind of underused, but uh, for the most part, Doctor Strange, um, and as you mentioned before, I forget what his character's name is, and I can't pronounce his real name. Oh, yeah, Mortar. Mordo. 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 Mordor is the place in, in, in Lord of the Middle Earth. Is it, though? <laughs> um, Mordo, my bad. Uh, I think they all had really good character development, yeah. uh, and you can kind of see the change in their character by the end. Most of the CGI throughout the movie <laughs> is incredible, as we mentioned before. There are a few scenes where they were a little weird, but uh, for the most part, it was all really well done. Um and I felt like this movie, even though it felt very much like a Marvel movie, it still felt a little different. You know, those scenes in like uh, Kathmandu and all that going on, it, it felt like we had finally gotten a different part of the universe that we hadn't seen before. Because we have Guardians, 
but then nothing really else mm. other than maybe Thor, but those movies aren't very good. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, overall, I think it's just a good origin story for a character. Hmm. Yeah. Mike? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we touched upon uh, a couple things. Um, I would say, like, the, the fight scenes were interesting. I think Brown was talking about this, where, like, they... They... It wasn't... Because it wasn't punching people. It was like, all right, cool, we just came out of this slugfest in Civil War, and then pretty much everything else is just, how hard can you hit someone? You know, uh, seeing with... Well, I touched upon the Dormammu, like, not actually fighting him, and then, like, having... You know, using magic against each other is pretty sweet, and it's something that I hadn't really seen before. Um, I thought another big thing was... uh, (laughs) Was the soundtrack was really cool. The original yeah. score was like really on point. Um, Michael Giacchino. Yeah. Michael, he did uh, Inside Out and Up. Yeah. And and Star Trek Beyond, which some people are calling it the same theme, and I vaguely agree with them. <laughs> but but it I thought uh, you know I thought it was really well used, and I thought it was um, he really captured the different locations and the feels of the characters in his his score. There's a song on on the end credits that I thought was awesome. It's like some mix of a guitar and well, synthesizer going oh, on. Oh, there's that so. organ solo that it literally just sounded like a Pink Floyd song. You it just did. like yeah, halfway through, song. you just have this crazy organ solo and it's just like, yeah, that's that feels like the 70s, man. I'm seeing all <laughs> yeah. these colors, they're whipping around, the floors zipping by me. Like, Is that when he went whoa. to the, Is that when he went to the Astro World for the first time? No, no. Well, they so that was a re... That was, I mean, like a lot of these things, they, they reused one of the themes, and I don't know when it was first like positioned in the films. It might have been, but that particular one we're talking about is during the end credits. Yeah, that end credit had a really solid music. Yeah. Program. And it was the same Actually, thing, really, just played different instruments. Right, now exactly. Now that I think about that theme, that is, is what I hear from Star Trek. I was like, I was it listening is. to it, and I was it's like, Star, this the, sounds exactly like something, and I can't play, put my finger on it. It's now Star Trek Beyond. It's Star Trek. But it's the same guy who composed both. I didn't like that movie, so I guess I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, me neither. I usually, so I listened to, uh, while I was working, I listened to the full score. Um, I, weirdly enough, being like the music nerd, I usually don't pay attention to it too, too much in on the first go-around. Usually it's just visuals. That's just me. But yeah, on second listen, listen, it was really cool. Um, and then I we touched upon it before. I thought the humor was good, too. I thought, like, it, Mr. Cumberbatch was, like, had very good timing. And, like, you know, I could see him being kind of stiff. And it, he really wasn't. He really balanced between, like, the really serious moments and then, like, the really lighthearted stuff. Like, the whole, like, in the operating room, naming the tune was... Amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was like, it was like those simple little, and it really showed how confident he was in himself that he's there doing this crazy surgery and then also like playing a game with his coworkers, which I don't know. I think that's the big thing that like, it seems to me that, uh, the difference between him and Stark is that, uh, Stark never loses his confidence. He has other things like the alcoholism come in and that's what causes the the grading with the character, the, the opportunity for growth. Whereas with Strange, it seems that he has the confidence and he loses it in himself. And that's that's what provides the opportunity for him to grow. Mm. So that'd be my two cents on like the Stark Strange comparison. Uh, and I think they did a good enough job developing that. Yeah. I mean, I'll, even from that small moment before I kind of share it, there's some separate thoughts. Is it because... 
I like how they use that moment twice because once was when we got right open it up I already know that okay well this guy's a know-it-all and he literally knows it all being the, the best neurosurgeon we kind of get that established pretty quickly uh, but then as he comes back to Rachel McAdams character his name is Palmer um, Dr. Palmer yeah he Christina comes, Christina Palmer yeah, yeah as he comes back and he's stabbed I believe he actually recites another song as he's like on the actual like he's on the bed after she like revived him yeah. yeah, he recites another song knowing that, well, that's just his personality. At yeah. one point, I was like, man, this guy's really cocky. Then he comes back after he's like a little bit better, and he still uses the, kind of the same thing from before. And I was like, okay, well, now he's just being a little bit more of, all right, I want to know everything. And his, I guess, like thirst for knowledge of wanting to know everything, there's something that I like, agreed with as a character. Yeah, he's like a, a really nice house MD. Yeah. Well, and even that, like, I don't even like using that particular kind of comparison because a lot of people look at was well, a British guy who's a doctor doing uh, a British guy doing an American accent who's a doctor. Yeah. And immediately people's like, oh, it's House. So I was like, well, no. But it's also another comparison because they both are a Sherlock Holmes character because they didn't come back to a Sherlock Holmes and House characters was supposed to be kind of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. With his uh, psychic Watson. So I can see the comparisons there. And I was like, oh, I, I definitely kind of get it. But I would much like this version I didn't really like the house's version enough just because every episode was kind of the same I felt like yeah um bunch of wins so I got a bunch of wins and I'm not going to be kind of too quick about it I'm not going to talk about the stuff that we already did um I do like the amount of comedy that was in this much like uh, Mike was kind of talking about and it felt like some of those things in which it was a lot a lot on the script and the words and the timing of something and all the things that he was trying to be a forced comedy and just wasn't working with Wong at one point and you knew it was going to come back with the whole Beyonce beat. Oh, that was, I was, that was awesome. I was screaming, laughing. Like, <laughs> that was amazing. Well, it's like stuff like that. I was like, cool. I know that it's forced. It's forced at this point because I'm hoping there's some sort of payoff. And Okay, there's a payoff. Yeah. And then the payoff at the end of the movie when Juan's like dying laughing yeah. over the fact that, well, you should really kind of, the directions go after the spell before. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so uh, I just like um, the comedy that was kind of used, uh, utilized in it throughout the entire one. And there's a lot of small things that uh, I missed until I watched it the second time. I was like, it's even funny the second time I actually watched it. So uh, I do like that. Um, I like the fact that this was a lot of inf- information that we got for the origin character of, you know, Mordo. Um, and much I was talking about of those two characters of, he mentions it very, very, very early when um, Doctor Strange gets the Eye of Agamotto and just playing around with the apple. And the fact that he's like moving the time with it and the apple becomes whole all the way down to a rotten core and then back to whole. Then he starts messing with it and he like finds out all the information of Dormammu and stuff like that. When that instance, you have Wong and you have Mordo come in and he says, we are there to protect the nature of law. We can't break that. That's something that's sacred and that's something that you should be doing. Right then and there was the start of his sort of um, doubt in the ancient one because then he starts realizing that, well, she's not who you think she is. You, she, she's not who you think she is. How do you think she's always this young? And then slowly he's just like planting these seeds of, well, she's already broke that rule that she told you not to break. Mm. So now my master, my trainer has already abandoned everything that she said not. Now you, this person who's now better than me, who I was teaching you, now you've already broke the rule and you did it for a good cause. So I can, and I can see that his origin is very torn to the point where he says, no, we've, you, something's going to happen. Like you have to get, you know, he says a line, I can't remember the actual phrasing of it but he says the fact that we're like we're gonna have to pay the bill like we have to pay the price at some point and i can't be a part of this portion of it so i just loved i I love his gradual like 
as a character throughout the entire kind of film. And I'm glad, like, spoiler for the stinger number two of this one to the fact that he learned how to be able to absorb other people's power of sorcerers. And you were telling me that that's, like, a thing for that Mordo does, Jesse? Uh, more, well, he's... His whole shtick is he wants magic to go away. Okay. Even though he's a sorcerer, he, he's like... It's... It exactly says in the movie, it throws off the balance of things. Like, magic shouldn't be there because you shouldn't be able to manipulate, like, the reality. And so he goes around specifically killing, taking out people, basically trying to bring it back to just normalcy. Hmm. And that's his entire motivation. Um, And so that's why he and Doctor Strange fight all the time. He also, too, like what they said in the movie, uh, he wanted to be Sorcerer Supreme and didn't get the job. And so that's the other reason too is just jealousy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she even says it. The ancient one says it to the point where you know, um, you know, you have to work with Mordor because you need his strength, where he needs your something. I can't remember. Flexibility. Flexibility. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I do like that portion of that, um, and then uh, I like the use of the mirror world. I like the fact that they established that <coughs> opening right scene, bat, right? Yeah. Like, and I was, and we didn't know what it was. But one of my first questions is, wait, hold up. How the hell does this stuff happen? And nobody notices. And then they establish, it comes back and they say, oh, because we're in the mirror world that nothing happened, like nothing is necessarily affected. And we use for training and kind of um, trapping our potential threats. And so they're already lining up things for me. At least I looked at that as, okay, we're going to get some more information. Either A, somebody's going to use it later on in this movie, or B, there's something in here we're going to find out later in the, in the future. So I do like that aspect of it. And um, kind of going on that, the use of this astral, the like projection of the astral realm was, yeah, was I thought was, was pretty awesome. Cool. Um, even when, you know, he got Dr. Strange who's walked into the, he was, he was talking to the uh, old guy. He was like, oh, hey, you know, how's it going? He gets the tea, and she's like, oh, this is good tea. She's like, oh, thanks. And she ended up being um, the ancient one I thought was awesome. But that was an entire Matrix sequence. I felt like just a little bit um, to the point where when she pushed his, like, Astro Realm out of it, that entire weird, trippy, going to the different um, multiverse, which also kind of ties in potentially with other Marvel movies. I was hoping Ant-Man and stuff like that. Oh. I'm not sure, but it was one of the One of the scenes looked like the Quantum Realm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so like stuff like that, I just really, I just really enjoy the entire, like that visual aspect of it. And I'm glad they came back and used it to the point where he got really good at using it to the point where he was sleeping and he's still studying. And you saw the transition between him being a very, very novice to the, his robes kept changing different colors. And if you notice around, he started with white and black and then moved to the same color that every, like everybody else was wearing around him. So you know that that was a passage of time of... This is his learning. This is him growing. So near the end, this is why he knows at least way more than he did from before. So uh, I just like the use of all, all that. And then obviously the uh, defibrillator machine. That was pretty cool. I really yeah, hope that was back. So that's uh, just a bunch of my wins. Uh, I, I have a little bit of stuff that we're talking about with you know criticisms. And I also have a bit of an Easter egg before we get into uh, criticism. But what's up? I have three things. Maybe. One, uh, on the I Have Agamotto, uh, I love how like how nonchalant um, Wong was about it's like yeah you dude you were just carrying around an Infinity Stone for half the movie yeah. like like it's funny because you see in every other movie it is like the end all be all of the movie it's the MacGuffin yeah and then in this one they're like I mean it still was the MacGuffin in this movie but in this one it was just like just lighthearted like yeah it's an Infinity Stone chill out let's yeah. we're cool with it right um, 
But it's nice to know, like, going off of that, all this destruction that Cassilius did, like, in the ancient one did, they didn't use the um, Infinity Stone at all. That was just power that they actually had within them. It was then that, you know, Doctor Strange... Well, it was different. It was a different incantation that got that. Oh, wow. So we have seen all five stones now. No, we haven't. Yeah, which which ones are we missing? We're missing the Soul Stone, the Sixth Stone. No, Souls. There's Space, Mind... We're missing... I'm I'm looking it up on on the internet right now. Yeah, Wikipedia. I looked it up. Wikipedia only had five of them. I thought it was... Yeah, it's six. We're missing the Soul Stone, which is traditionally associated with Adam Warlock, which they've said that we're not going to get in Guardians 2. So, we'll see. Even though uh, he was technically in Guardians 1... Was he was. Yeah, yeah he, his cocoon was in Guardians. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and and they made a point of showing it open at the end of uh, at the end of Guardians One. Wait, what? When was this? Uh, the Collector. He was in the Collector. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. but uh, so so yeah, we're still missing one. But um, we got Howard the Duck, but we didn't get him. Okay. Yeah. Well, I they probably just don't want to cast him. Because yeah, if you cast if you cast Adam Warlock, it's gonna be it's like the same thing they did with uh. With uh, Hank Pym's wife, oh, I where she had that she had the hat over oh. all of her faces and all the pictures. Yeah. Um. So that I thought that was funny. That it was like total a total different take on an Infinity Stone, uh, compared to everyone else. Um, what is it? Quickly, uh, the mid credit scene with Thor was amazing. Yes. Uh, how he like switched from tea, which was called back to earlier in the movie, uh, to beer, and then the beer just kept on filling up. Uh, there's more. That scene I think is part of Ragnarok. Like, what they did with uh, Ant-Man and Civil War, I think that's just directly lifted from the middle of that movie. I so, forgot what uh, Thor was asking about. Was he asking about Hulk? No, no. he was asking about... No, no, Doctor Strange was asking about Thor. He was asking about, asking about back to Loki. Oh, yeah, he was asking about Loki. Oh, yeah, that's right. But he was... You no, know, they were asking about Odin. So they were asking about Odin, and Strange was asking why Loki was here, too. Mm-hmm. Even though we never saw Loki, there's more on that. Google it if you're interested. No. Um, Warren's just like crying. Um, what was I gonna say? And then the last thing. Oh, th- I th- I can't believe none of us have talked about this. Maybe one of the most beautiful scenes in any Marvel movie was that balcony scene. No, I I was gonna talk about that. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. Because I was gonna say like that was what the ancient one when yeah. she slowed time down and was giving the whole monologue about how you know it comes up to this moment and this moment only. And you're seeing like the lightning crashing. You could barely see the uh, rotor spin on it. Like I I I was moved. It was awesome. It was. She kind of reminded me of Doctor Manhattan right there, where he couldn't see past. That point yeah. in the future. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, I don't know why, if I was the only one that thought of that, but... Well, she was... Well, I, well that too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I that was probably my favorite moment both times that I actually watched it. There's a lot, but I just like the fact that you have all this chaos going around that you can just slow, literally slow down and just kind of stop it and just appreciate the beauty of hey i'm i'm a person we know that the ancient one is this all-knowing being and that moment for me and i guess it ties back to what i was talking about earlier harry potter was the same kind of moment of dumbledore had had with harry Mm -hmm. of like hey i'm this very very powerful being but at the same time i'm still a person and she kind of had that kind of moment there uh and you even see that in the shot you have to watch it again that when you see the helicopter and the rotor going down the first lightning strike that you see you actually can see Dormammu's face from the lightning that's formed. Really? Right, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but, uh, 
uh, I saw, I was like, huh, I wonder if there's something more. Because the next, the se- second time I saw the movie, I was trying to look for all the, like, hidden gems, uh, Easter eggs and stuff like that, as well as other scenes that I wanted to kind of focus on. Uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed that scene and the fact that it was, like, in the astral realm, that when he, when that was happening, he kind of knew what was happening of, oh, why is she not being responsive? We're doing all that we can. He kind of jumped into jumped into the actual realm and noticed go, that she was yeah, leaving. Yeah, when he goes, so he knew that something was actually happening. Yeah. and he actually knew that. Well, there's more to it. And she even says that sometimes you have to break the rules. Yeah. Um, for the you know greater good or something. Um, so, I love the scene. Criticism. Uh, so what didn't you like? What about didn't you like? What I didn't like. So I would say Rachel McAdams was underused. She has two good moments, which are the conversation she had with Strange um, after the first surgery, taking the bullet out of the guy's head. And then when he pushes her away, then after that, she becomes like her Dr. Strange's personal on-call surgeon. Yeah. And is just there to help him out when he has a bind. Even though the using the uh, paddles during the astral fight was really cool. Um, and what was up with that car crash? I, I mean, this is an amazing, yeah. this is an amazing, yeah. uh, visually stunning movie, but that car crash was just way too over the top just for like, to focus on your hands being damaged. Yeah. I, I mean, think I'll, that could have been handled a little bit more, uh, <laughs> pragmatically about, hey, yeah, his hands got crushed and show that and yeah. not really have it flip 500 times down. Eight miles of road. Even the CGI in that movie, uh, that part of it was like the weak point. I was like, everything else looks great, but that car crash looked ridiculous. Fast and furious. Yeah, yeah. Right. It, looked it was fast. a very that, fast and furious. That was thing. the first thing I was like, oh <laughs> shit, that's terrible. Uh, yeah. That's definitely the point that I, I didn't like. Uh, I w- I would at least hope that even from that scene, um, I was trying to figure out I'm like, is there anything back from this? Hopefully, if later on down the line we find out that somebody tried to kill Doctor Strange, like Agent Sitwell had said before in uh, Captain America 2, um, that that's when they try to do it. And so that huge kind of crazy crash is such a huge spectacle that that's where we may see certain signs maybe down the line. I don't know. Uh, but I that was awful. That was terrible. Yeah. I would say uh, Mads Melkison as Cassilius was kind of underused to a point. I mean, he, he visually looked really cool as a bad guy and... Having, like, the glass weapons versus the energy weapons was really neat. Um, But um, I think um, he's not too bad of an underused character because he's kind of, like, just a way to get you to Dormammu. And the the confrontation with Dormammu is amazing. Mm. Um, My biggest beef would probably be, like, kind of goes, like, how you enjoyed seeing the growth of Doctor Strange through the change of his clothes. I wanted to see it through his skill set. And... They talk about that this is a scientist going into the magic world. I wanted to see him approach practicing magic and learning magic and actually using magic kind of differently than the other sorcerers, see if he had a different approach to it. Like, I was waiting for him to, like, come up with some other type of weapon when he conjured his weapon. It's like, oh, he's going to do the same whip that all the other newbies are using, too. Uh, And uh, that would probably be my biggest beef is, like, you know, I want to see more points to show how he grows as a sorcerer. So you could say, oh, this guy, he kind of knows his shit. And he changes who he is. Um, one last point I'll add is... Uh, I forgot it. 
Well, I want to piggyback off that real quick. Yeah. Uh, that was actually one of my bigger points, too. Like, as a, a big Doctor Strange, I would say fan, but I know the character. Um, I wanted to see hyper-powerful Doctor Strange. Yeah. Because in the comics, that's what he is. He's probably the one of the like top five most powerful characters. And so when I was seeing him, like, okay, cool, you have to do an origin story. Like, I want to see him get to, like, that tier level where you're mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, he's nowhere near any of the other sorcerers. Like, they don't even scratch it. And so, like... I, and I, uh, also build upon the cleverness, like he showed with, like, grabbing the books behind um, Wong. Wong's back yeah. in the library and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I would just say, like, one small, like, point to defend it is just from the same scene that, you know, me and Mike were talking about of when the Ancient One and Doctor Strange was talking, she had particularly said of, well... You know, you're never, you never know when you're ready. Something about the fact that you never know when you're going to be ready. You just have to be chosen. You have to be kind of step up with it. It was pretty apparent that he was clearly less skilled at the time, right? Less skilled in Mor- uh, Mordor when she finally called him a master. And his face is like, what? How is he a master? It doesn't make any sense. So when he actually got the relic of the actual cape. Um, so I do, I like that fact that, you know, we can see that he was not as skilled, but he was the only one that at least be able to kind of figure out more of the Eye of Agamotto, and that's, I have a criticism about that later. But then if we kind of skip to the actual cutscene with Thor, him being able to fill that stuff up, like, very easily, I'm like, okay, now I want to know how much time has passed, because the second cutscene, we know that some months have passed, and this whole time is this huge thing that I really like about the movie. So we know some time has definitely passed, so his skills have just even more increased to the point where he doesn't even need to well, use I would argue more. that filling a glass of beer is a cheap parlor trick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but at the same time, like you haven't, we haven't seen that particular magic at so, all. So, yeah, but I mean, conjuring a shield out of thin air in, in, a, in Dormammu's like, the dark realm, I think is a more impressive than... Just making some beer. <laughs> I mean, it's the power that Each I own. want. <laughs> Each his own, Mike. Um, I thought, I think that, like, ironically, just to kind of remark on both of these things, um, ironically, I think time was the biggest criticism because I think you needed, you should have added about 10 to 15 more minutes. I thought that, uh, the thing with Dormammu, although, like, it should have been longer. You should have had more I Want a Bargains. You should have had different ones, like, him being like, ah. Uh-huh. Because uh, one of the things that I, I thought, and to expand on what Jesse was saying, that um, that it's you could postulate, because the time, time had stopped on Earth, that Doctor Strange was there for millions of Cycle. Well, that's what I thought too. Is as soon as he came out, I was like, "Oh, this is how and they he's never... in there all the time, just learning and figuring things right. out." And Free then he comes out and he's amazing. Like, right, and so they never they could have they could have done that because they kind of showed it before where he was studying in the astral plane. Where again, you know, you go to fight Dormammu. He was actually putting up a fight, you know, so he was actually trying to learn and use that stuff. It, it just felt like it was way too short of being there to really believe. Even if he didn't come out and just whoop ass, you know, on the flip side of it. Because essentially he's like, yeah, I made a deal. You guys are gone. And so there was no real opportunity for him to show off his power set. Um, but I think they could have made it more apparent that he got power more powerful there. Uh, the other thing is I think the training could have been a little long. I know you don't want to overdo the uh, training montage. But yeah, again, I felt like it wasn't like... 
Like, I get they tried to spotlight that he, A, wasn't that crazy strong during the Sanctum fights, and B, he was, on the flip side, he was studying in the astral plane a lot, but I, I felt like it wasn't enough. Um, and then the third thing was that I think that if you added another 10, 15 minutes to it, you could have resolved Cassilius's backstory. And you could have almost magnetoed it. Uh, I read something on, like, the Marvel subreddit that was like, yeah, give him a life of kids. Give him, the, say they died. And then, you know, that's his quest for immortality. Because he, had, he really had an interesting uh, agenda where it wasn't money-based. It was, like, literally... It was two sides of the same coin where both of them were trying to uh, better the human race just in their own vision, which if we ever get Doom back, we'll see that whole thing played out again, mm-hmm. um, where I think you could have really had a very... And it worked. You know, Mordo was down the middle and was strange, and the Ancient One and Cassilius were on these other two realms, and like the way that they each kind of reacted to each other drawing from where they're drawing their power from um was really the central conflict of the movie where Mordo and Strange went opposite ways and you also find out about like that Ancient One and Cassilius were similar than you thought mm-hmm. again you needed about 10 to 15 more minutes to yeah. explore backstory on Cassilius yeah so I would say the movie needed to be a, a, a probably a, a half an hour longer I don't. Know, I don't think you. I mean, I would have liked a half hour. Yeah, more. I would take that. But I'm saying it was a half an hour longer because that that would have at least solved a couple. Of, like I have a couple of criticisms, but it would have at least solved a couple of the things. A couple of lines, maybe a couple of one liners here and there, and at least kind of flush out the characters. Like the other characters. Oh, that didn't see I was before. gonna say more Wong. <laughs> yeah. Like like he was. <laughs> I think he was like criminally underused. Yeah. Um, which he he's already confirmed for the next one, but. Yeah. Not Strange. They haven't announced Strange too. but the next time we see Strange. Uh, are you all... Can I grab my one last criticism? Yeah. Or no? yeah. I, I thought it, could, it would have been nicer to see more than three spells. Uh, yeah. I, I think that... Like, it was really cool. Like, don't get me wrong. The visuals were incredible on this. Um, you got the yellow one, the blue one, and the green yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> but like, you know, he conjured a whip. You know, that was his only weapon. I would have liked to have seen him get a little bit more inventive... Conjuring either a different weapons like yeah. a sword. I think he was struggling with it. That was the problem. Is he couldn't actually make the thing that everybody else was making because of his hands. So he would yeah. like get halfway through and then it would just well, become a whip. Yeah, I I could also see in like nonverbal stuff like make it more Harry Potter like you know make people freeze up and stuff. Like, I don't know. I don't know his power set. Talk about nonverbal spells in Harry Potter. That's a deep cut. Mm. God. But like, or or verbal, like it was. It felt like a lot of it was like the you know they made a lot obviously to to what Josh was saying to show his how he was battling uphill. But they made a lot of like different things on how um, you had to do all the hand movements for spells. But like part one of the big things is that you can you can chant incantations and do a lot of the same stuff. And I think that you know, basically you have to you have to you have to throw strange in you know Jesse's basement and. Binding, bind his hands up and put a gag in his mouth yeah. to actually beat him. Because if you leave one of those two things open, he's gonna. He'll get he's, out. He's gonna. Yeah, he's gonna get out. Which and so is, I thought I, we could have seen a lot more of that. Yeah, which is interesting. Like uh, with. Um, <laughs> we'll post Jesse's address. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> 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 I was anyone's looking for a good time. <laughs> Let's talk about getting creative with magic, like uh, yeah. Pangborn. Um, Jonathan Pangborn. Yeah, Jonathan Pangborn, like. How he's using magic, you just see him walk around, play basketball, and be a person. 
you're not really seeing the magic that's working. It's just doing its job, and you're not really seeing it until Mordo shows that, hey, th- this person can't move without this magic that he bound himself to. So it'd be interesting to see more type of magic like that. Yeah, maybe they'll just you know, do that in the second one. But Josh is right, maybe he only knew four spells. Yeah. But that counteracts the whole, like, I've been studying in the astral plane. I don't think he, it's, it's not that he doesn't know them, he just can't physically do them yet. Because even at the end of the movie, his hands are still shaking. Mm-hmm. So well, that was, I think his hands will probably forever shake. Because that's going to be his um, sort of dedication to, hey, I'm going to be, I'm doing something even more than me personally. My hands shake because they will shake and that's something about me. But now I'm like transcendent weight, but beyond that. Now, I think that's what she was kind of talking about because they also said, oh, your hands can shake. So I can make my hands stop shaking? He's Yo, like, yeah. Hang on. But, I just thought of this criticism. But he can open the eye of Bagamato. What? But he can open the eye of Bagamato. Oh, yeah, yeah, he could just turn back the time on his hands. He could. Well, no, my biggest thing is where the hell was Helen Cho? Helen Cho. Helen Cho grafted Hawkeye's skin in Age of Ultron. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, what's it called? Well, the whole surgery with Stark's heart, that's fine. But then she, her thing was responsible for friggin' vision. Like, you can't tell me that she can't resolve but that whole thing? It has nothing to do with grafting the skin and the nerve damage. Yeah, come on. Go, well... What? Go on! It has nothing to do with yeah. But there's 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 nerves in Hawkeye's. Like she said, like you won't even notice the difference. Yeah. So that tells me that she repaired all the nerves in his shoulder. I, I no. First of all, it was a meaty part. Yeah, it was meaty part on his actual yeah, left I side. Got, I got nerve endings in my meaty parts. Shut up, <laughs> Josh. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> We've covered a, a lot of it already, um, but some of the things, uh, I, I just wanted to mention the 3D, it felt a little disorienting at some times, especially with the, the buildings moving around, which was still cool, but it, in 3D it was just a little bit n- nauseating. Very Inception-like. Um, I know that I mentioned before that the character development was good, and that you guys were talking about uh, Strange being kind of cruel at the beginning. I really did not like that. I thought it was very uh, heavy-handed. It was not well done. That him being... he was It was too outright mean to certain people. Like, the first Doctor, I was like, okay, that's fine. But then him, like, screaming at Rachel McAdams' character and, like, getting her out of the apartment. I was like, I, I get you're trying to make him seem like an asshole, but you're, you went too far. It's, it's falling flat Would you say me. that it did its job if you were like, I'm done with this? No, I like no, that. No, no, I love no. that scene. I I would have been okay with it if it had been a little more subtle. It wasn't. It was. It was ham fisted. Everyone in, in the theater when I saw it gasped at that part. Yeah, like, it, yeah. it yeah. definitely moved me the right way. Yeah, that's, that's I it's liked like, it damn. because we haven't we haven't yeah. seen anything like maybe Tony Stark a little bit kind of got that mean, especially when he was about to die near like, you know what Iron Man two, but. Mm. I, I was hoping, I guess my thing is, I want you to be a little bit more realistic, and if you're telling me that my entire career, my life, essentially is over, there's nothing that anybody's going to, and I'm, and I'm broke, right? And so now I have no other way to kind of turn. I don't I don't think people's going to be as pretty nice or receptive for it. Right. I think you're probably going to say some, some mean stuff that you're well, probably going to... Maybe it's not so much that scene as, like, the other arrogant scenes where he's, like, got a billion watches that he's picking one out of and has the tuxedo on and stuff. He's getting dressed. Yeah, it's a nice he, he, I don't. I don't Smart. know that I believed him doing that. Fair. I mean, and when he his whole trans, you know, his whole change into Doctor Strange. 
Well, he called the uh, physical therapist a bachelor's degree. I was like, that's kind of unnecessary for that. Yeah. But that like that's like certain things I definitely kind of see what I was like. Oh, I love that, that was kind of me. Oh, you love that? Oh yeah. That, that was kind of me. Yeah, it shows it just again it shows his shows two things. One, he's a dedicated, incredibly smart person, and he's also incredibly arrogant. I don't know. He just didn't come across the same as like a Tony Stark. Tony Stark was an asshole, but or still is an asshole. But at least he's kind of charming, whereas he kind of fell flat. But I liked it because you couldn't make you couldn't make another charming asshole, you know. Like the, seriously, <laughs> <laughs> we it, you, you you know you you got one of them already, and uh, uh, again they're all showing up in Infinity War. You got to have them slightly be different because you could well, argue Star Lord is changed at the end of the movie. So right, what does it matter for this movie? I don't think he is changed. Like, yeah. I think he's changed, but not as much as I think he should. Like. I think he's definitely taken a step a little bit nicer. He's like transcended upon like being nice and mean. Because even his conversation with Thor, he's like, "Cool, cool. Why are you here? All right. Well, let me help you with that, so you can get the hell out of here." Yeah. So I, I think he's definitely gonna be an asshole still. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Um, and I think my my favorite point, I guess, is a little more defending the fact that uh, no, a lot of people talk about this is very close, like a uh, Iron Man origin story or a stereotypical Marvel. I mean, that's they're trying to go to as much source material as much as possible. So. Of course, that when these comics were written, written like like written thirty five, maybe forty years ago, more than that, more than that. So of course, they were in the sixties. Yeah, 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 fifty years. So these comics were all like close to the same template, but a little bit different. And now we have these characters. Now we have almost all of them. They're vastly different, but they're still very similar. Of course, they're going to be very similar. I just like the fact that they're all building this so that these characters at one point are going to be, you know... In the same room. Yes. And that's my that's going to be my, my favorite thing of seeing Doctor Strange, seeing Tony Stark, seeing Captain America, hopefully seeing Ant-Man in the same room, and seeing Hank Pym also in the same room. Like, that sort of conversations, those are the kind of dialogues that I'll be get, I'm, I'm going to be excited well, for. I mean, they... Like, I guess it worked with the theme of the movie of time. But, like, they, they can do origin stories two ways now. They can Or three, I guess. They can do what they did in Black Panther and just introduce them in someone else's movie. Oh, Not Black sorry. Panther. Uh, Captain America. <laughs> okay. Uh, you can do it in um, the way they did with Strange and then go back in time and then go forward to present day. Because that's, a, you know, that's essentially... Because then it just... You bury it under the rest of it, and then he pops up in Infinity War, and he's the sorcerer, and you don't need an explanation for why what he was doing in the past. Or you do like Captain Marvel, and probably something's going to happen in Infinity War, and that's when she'll show up with her power set. So like it's yeah, you gotta like you, the the origin stories are tricky because you, you can only do them in a couple certain ways, otherwise they feel really weird. Um, uh, any other criticism? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, my last thing that I wanted to bring up is I still can't get over uh, Tilda as the Ancient One. Really? Loved her. Yeah. I thought Loved she did her. a great job, but I still feel like it's a little... It, that is the point, the breaking point of whitewashing for me. Yeah. Because she is nah. the Ancient One in this, like, she's the leader of this whole group. For- and everybody else there is ethnically correct. But she's not. The even director even came out and said that I know I'm gonna get like shit for this. I know that people are gonna not gonna like this, but I'm still gonna be, like defend my casting choice as much as possible. And I know that people aren't gonna. All like right, it. all right. Um, take her at face value. She was brilliant. 
Like, she was amazing she in that role. Job. Where is the ancient one from? Do you know? They say she's mm-hmm. Celtic. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, no, no. They say so, she's so Celtic. In the, about, in the yeah. comics or in the, the So in the comics, so they did a good job of, uh, you know, figuring out that and then drawing her into Nepal, you know, making it seem like she came there like the rest of them. she was like a traveler. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, but, the ancient one, it's supposed to be, I'm looking at pictures of him right now. He's supposed to be kind of like uh, the Dalai Lama kind of thing. He's one specific, He's so he's from Tibet. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. No, no, no. He's from Tibet. Like, 100%. And and where is half the revenue from this movie coming from? Tibet? China. No. America. China. China. And guess who doesn't recognize Tibet as a country mm. and has very bad relations Well, with I know that part of it, so, but it's still, like, you could have... No, because the fact then... that you changed the entire character... It could have been from Kathmandu. Well, I mean, mo- uh, even I, Mordo's I character... Yeah, Mordo's a white Mordo's guy. In the a comedy. white guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so, so it's, I think that's invalid where... You win you some, you lose some. You were going to get in trouble for... And the other thing is that, all right, fine. Let's say you have the first... like you, the, they, I think I, I loved it. They joked about it in the movie where he goes up to the old Asian ancient karate master yeah. and says, nice to meet you, master. And so, like, I, again, I think that's a... That's a that's a lose-lose situation. You either make it from, make him from Tibet and make him comic accurate and make this stereotypical old Asian dude and then everyone from the social justice scene says, oh my God, you're just making a stereotype of a character. Or you do something different and say, uh, hey, we're going to not make it and then you're accused of whitewashing. So I, I don't think, you're in a lose-lose situation. Well, One of those is going to lose you half the, the, the global revenue that you're going to get in the movie and then the other the other side of it is you get a brilliant performance out of a great actress. I remember why I saw Guys of Egypt. Why? It was because of this particular. Oh yeah. yeah. And I, I was wondering. Yeah. I was like, no, there was a reason. This was the reason why I was like, oh, I want to see how bad whitewashing was. Guys of Egypt is very blatant. Oh, that's just, yeah. That's yeah. that's horrible. Yeah. That movie. The movie is horrible because there's no Egyptian people in it, and the one arguably Egyptian person, I think she dies, and I think she's Hispanic, but whatever. Anyways, um, that's why I watch Gods of Egypt. Yeah. That's a bad one of uh, whitewashing. I completely agree with you. I see what you're coming from, though, because I see what you're coming from, Josh. I, I agree with you, uh, Mike, because she did phenomenal. It doesn't matter, you know, what I don't think it matters what race they are. Uh, I'm just glad to the fact that, okay, we have a woman, arguably was a lead role, the most powerful being um, at the time. And when have you seen that in Marvel? Yeah, and, and, like, and all, all, I mean, all the side characters, the sidekick characters mm-hmm. from a very stereotypical white guy goes, gets super powerful, comes back. He has a sidekick character who's a, sometimes a woman who's there just to aid the main white guy. Or movies, period, being where they learn from a woman. Yeah. Now, I, I was bummed because I think we also knew that she going into this. She's like, okay, she's probably going to die. But I think we also kind of knew that. Um, so I'm just glad that the fact that they actually put at least a woman in power from that actual kind of scenario. I would have loved to have an Asian woman in power, but if it was an Asian woman that was bald, that would been awesome. Yeah. Why, why not that, right? But yeah, it's a lose-lose, and I definitely see it. The director said he would go and like he supports his own claim, but I'm like, all right, well. Yeah, I just think don't, don't cave to some demands and then also lose because you fall into another stereotype. Well, here's the thing about that, because then I'm going to just play a little bit of devil's advocate for it. Sure. I'm going to bring up this amazing movie of Gods of Egypt, because on the opposite side, you have a movie like Black Panther that's based in Africa, and the entire cast is black. And I be- I'm not entirely sure who's the director right now, 
But I really hope it's not Anton Fuqua. No, it's uh, Coogler. Ryan Coogler. Okay. So that entire cast is going to be black. And so I really hope the villain isn't a stereotypical white guy. I'm looking at it. No, he's, and, he's not. Well, he's I, not. I know. I'm saying, I don't want to, don't, don't tell me, Jesse, but here's my thing about that is you're doing the same exact thing just because you're making a movie that's based out of Africa yeah, about but is, What's his face from Age of Ultron supposed to pop back up in it, though? Ooh. Claw. Claw. Uh, yes and no. I haven't heard. He's oh, not Circus. on. Yeah. yeah, he's not on the cast list yet, I don't think, but, but like, the, the main villain's it's someone else. But at least what I'm saying, I'm going to wrap up this point because I have, like, maybe one or two criticisms is... Like you said, it's a lose-lose situation of what you're what you're getting. I guess people going to this movie shouldn't shouldn't try not to focus on like what race these characters are, even though this stuff is all the way back from the you said the sixties, Jesse. Yeah. These sixties in which it was probably a lot of white people back there and very very bad portrayal of the side characters. I know Wong was basically a, a servant, man servant, man servant, yeah, to Doctor Strange in the comic, and this is just stuff I've been reading like online and stuff. So. I, I like it. I, I would focus, focus on more of, hey, wh- how did the movie make you feel? And I know I, I was listening to another uh, film uh, podcast that I really, really like, but there's a one Asian gentleman that just focused on the fact that there was no Asians in this movie and that he said that particularly. I was like, how do you go into this movie looking at that? Because, A, there was a lot of Asian people in this movie. Did you pay attention or not? That's okay. There was not a lot of prominent Asian people. Okay, that's a completely different sort of scenario. But let's, besides that, how, did the, how was the movie for you? How do you make it feel? Well, and does that distract also, you Also, the, the, the main cast was like five people. Yep. It was maybe one of the sm- you know smallest. There was the ancient one, Cassilius, Strange, Mordo, Wong. And then, t- I mean, technically... Uh, no, I was gonna say uh, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams, yeah, Rachel six, sexy. six people, and so what? Uh, third of them were were women. No. Uh, third of them were minorities. Like, honestly, I, I hate that criticism. I really do. I really hate that criticism. It's gonna keep cropping up. Yeah, it's it just it, like it makes no sense. And we got a brilliant performance out of Tilda Swinton. And I thought Tilda Swinton did a great job. I mean, who else are you going to play, get to play some androgynous, like, crazy-wise person? Uh, who's the woman that did the uh, movie with Will Ferrell, um, and she was the author? Are we talking about the oh, Lifetime original oh, movie? No. No. But, uh, I keep thinking, all, 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 only Emma Thompson? Have, yeah, Emma Thompson. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> yeah, she could, she could do it, too. Well, I was thinking first like of all, Michelle. Emma Thompson and uh, Tilda Swinton looks like the same character. <laughs> so, Michelle, you were saying yeah. that white people Michelle, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Michelle Yao. <laughs> what Brown said. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why people do not all of it like, bro? Come on. We do. Come on. I get us confused all the time. Um, okay. Uh, Jesse, did you have any other criticisms? I have um, one really. big one. I guess the, here's, here's the big one that I have. Is you have two instances, two pretty huge instances, in which case somebody just kind of waltzes in to this magical layer Either the opening scene, he straight up beheads the actual very terrible librarian who well, doesn't like. What do you expect a librarian to do? Wong was giving you a bad. Well, I know, but Wong. So here's what I'm saying: you you expect that guy to be unguarded library with all these powerful pages in this eye of Agamotto, you can literally just walk up and to take it. Rest. And that's what Doctor Strange literally was like. Looks back, Wong. Nobody's there. And he can just walk in, take it, and almost destroy the world just from 
messing around. I get it, but I also would say that, come on, there, there should be other stuff. And I also want to see there's a bunch of other books. So I know there's a lot of other realms. I mean, we talked about an infinite amount of realms. It shouldn't be as easy to walk up there, read some Sanskrit. And he even says, oh, how's your Sanskrit? It's like, I don't know, but I use Google Translate. Okay, so it's even easier to read these books using technology. Come on, that makes that should, there should be at least some traps or something, right? Uh, at least, yeah. at least some traps. You know what had traps? It tries to bite your hand off. Gods of Egypt had traps, guys. That's what <laughs> you gotta um, sign the magic but, words to open it up. Well, it's, they it's, put the warnings at the end, so you have no idea what spell you're casting. True. It might be a trap, and you just do it to yourself. The the my others uh my other kind of yeah, small but it's a little bit yeah. uh, my other big criticism is it didn't take me until I guess a little more second viewing that I had a little more deeper understanding of why the ancient one was so powerful because when she was shifting all the buildings in the opening scene i'm like oh that's awesome like any sorcerer would be able to do that right wrong if you tap into the dark realm where dormammu is that's how Cassilius was able to get that power and so that had to be tied directly to that particular realm and the only way that you can do that is either a like if you can do that in the mirror like the mirror realm, and that's when he put that in there, and that's when they were like kind of teleporting. So it didn't make any quite sense to me of how he knew that she was tapping into it besides the actual little thing on her actual head until she would got to the mirror realm when they were all were and they were like fighting back and forth, and she was clearly much stronger than Cassilius using those particular kind of dark arts. Um, so I do think it got a little bit muddled of you know what is her abilities and well, why I thought that was the big sure. reveal. Was that you know you just thought she was a crazy strong sorcerer, and then all of a sudden you like find out it's like oh these powers are unnatural. Well, I guess the thing that makes it a little confusing is when Cassilia started using those shifting powers, and you're like, well, how is he able to use that power? It doesn't make any sense. I didn't. Get, I guess I didn't get the reveal. Oh, uh, the well, I mean, they also revealed on him too, where like you didn't really know what was driving him until. Until they figured out the page, you know, that was the big thing where, like, he turns back in f- the time on the book, and then you figure out the pages that are missing, yeah. and then you figure out about Cassilius, and that's, like, what, halfway through the movie when that happens? Sure. So, I, I that's acceptable, just because it, I think it was on purpose, and that was, like, the, the what they were trying to do is the big reveal. Um, I would, uh, let's go into a bit of a final thoughts before we go into grades. Uh, I would say this probably has one of the best endings of a movie with the uh, going and rewind and then breaking the rewind time so that they can still go forward as everything around them surrounding was going backwards. Even fighting while things are going <laughs> That was yeah, amazing. Like, ridiculous. Uh, so, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed that. We talked about the time loop, but and they even kind of sprinkled that in a little bit earlier. Time loop was um, still cool. I just loved that. But I just love the fact that when time stopped, when it smashed on his left arm, and it was something interesting to know of how and what are you con- controlling because at one point the time loops on the left arm but at one point he did a separate spell on his right arm and um, I think it was pretty consistent about how they're necessarily kind of doing that and how he was opening the eye too with both hands um, and I really hope they just kind of delve way into that kind of the next one so well, um, that was pretty the eye's probably not going to be around for the next strange movie oh. we'll see because <laughs> it's probably not coming out in the next year and a half and then in a year and a half uh, someone else gets a hold of the, the eye I don't know what you're talking about, so no spoilers. In, in, who, who, the, the purple guy in the chair. Yeah. Who's the purple guy in the chair? I don't, I don't, Thanos. No, I, that's a joke on the... Did you see the Thor thing? 
Go, everyone go see the <laughs> Thor, like, Thor Civil War. Team Thor. They released yeah. it. Uh, they did, it like, a digital short. And uh, he has this poorly drawn map, and he's just like, <laughs> who's the guy in the, the purple guy on the chair? <laughs> but, yeah. Um, he, any, uh, any other things? I do like the fact that they talked about um, when he was driving before his accident that they called out roads getting to that accident. Director said it wasn't. Yeah, the, the, the popular, because it was before Civil War. So, that would be my next question, because I thought it was during Civil War. No, it's before Civil War. And uh, uh, the popular opinion is that it was one of the Hammer Tech guys that they put in the suit. And oh, they said, it was? Oh, it, like, uh, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the, that's the, because the director's... Uh, he said a 35, he's like, like a 45 or 50 year old war general that got into an accident for that. Like, that was the actual line. No, I said it was 35. So a 35-year-old, like, Air Force pilot. In an experimental... The other thing is that, like, the Iron Man suit at that point wasn't an experimental suit. It was, like, a proven commodity. Well, at that... Well, the, Whereas the, Hammer Tech was experimental. Well, that was... The Avengers building was already built. Right, right. So, like, so it, no one... Like, right now, no one's going to call, like, an iPhone experimental, you know? I call, I call it internet phones. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but like so that's what I mean like if you saw if you were living in that world and you saw someone blow by you in like the in an Iron Man suit you'd be like oh that's just an Iron Man suit Uh, whereas like the hammer tech stuff wasn't quite as proven probably pooped my pants first of all oh my god so thank you for that Um, what about the next one after that when he said that the woman who got struck by lightning yeah they they haven't quite figured it out there's like kind of maybe some references they made him vague enough to not necessarily be able to tie him back in. Yeah. They could, they could deny plausibility if they need to. Well, it's going to be interesting because the one thing, and I, this is not a Easter egg, but I'm just kind of excited about the next movies, is because they, they in particular, they talk about it a couple different times of taking somebody's sling ring, and if you get trapped in the mirror world, there's no way to uh, get out without a sling ring. So now I'm wondering either A, who's trapped in the mirror world with that, or B, if Doctor Strange is going to get so powerful that he'll be able to teleport different places. I don't know. But that'll be something interesting there. Lasting thoughts? Grades? I'd give it a B. Uh, it's definitely a very solid addition to the Marvel Universe. Uh, probably some of the greatest use of humor. I didn't think I would laugh at a Mr. Doctor joke, but I did. That was awesome. <laughs> so Strange. It's a B for me. It's in the upper <laughs> echelon of Marvel movies. Jesse? I give it an A-. minus. Okay. Yeah. This is solid. I, you know, the, you said earlier there's a formula to the Marvel movies. I still freaking love that formula. <laughs> oh, yeah, though. for sure. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to complain about that. Um, yeah, it was a good time. I would say it's up there on the Marvel list. I'm still trying to think of where my ranking system is now, but it was definitely a movie. And as soon as I got out, I even stopped, thought to myself, I would go and see that again, even right now. And for me to do that with a movie, totally gets an A minus. Nice. Yeah, I'd, have, I'd say B plus A minus. I think it ranks right under Ant Man and uh, Iron Man for like origin oh, wow. stories. Okay. Yeah, 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 for origin stories. So that's like it's. It doesn't crack my top five, but I'd probably I'd probably say it's like seven, which is still top half. Seven out of how many years? I think fourteen. Fourteen now. But it's like it's definitely above. I think a clear cut above like those. There's a little bit of a separation for me. There. 
Yeah, and it's like Upper Echelon and then like the other movies. You got Thor 2. Then you have Hulk and Thor 1, I'm assuming. Yeah, and then Iron Man. I like Iron Man 3, but it's not... I said Iron Man 1 for a second. No, like 2 and 3 for me are not like true Upper Echelon. And then I think that's where your break is. Well, Captain America is down there for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cap- Captain America, the first Avenger. That's that's where the break is. And then that strange Ant-Man, Iron Man, both Avengers, Winter Soldier, Guardian, Civil War. Mm. That's probably, that's probably, like, honestly, maybe in that order for me. Gosh. Uh, I would also give it an A-. minus. I think it's actually a really great origin story. Funny, fast-paced. Uh, I can't think of any lulls in the action or like just any point where I was bored. So, solid film. Cool. Uh, ranks? Do you know anywhere so far? Uh, I would have to rethink it because I usually just stick with my top three and I don't think it's going to crack that. Sure. Uh, I'm probably going to give this guy an A because I probably enjoy this much more than a lot of people just because they did a lot. Um, storytelling wise and script wise at the same time of visually giving you everything so it was to the point where visually you have to kind of take a step out of it so that you can try to pay attention to, to the characters a little bit more and then even that they were even sprinkling around a lot of things for what happened in this, in this entire universe and to think that they can still do something new after if you said 14 films like this is the 14th film that they can still surprise you and do something new and still put out of this is still a great in like film it kind of holds up to say B pluses and all like the B pluses is gonna be like a B excuse me is the the lowest grade, um that's still pretty impressive for me so I just kind of take that all I will say that that's probably an A, uh, I don't like as much as the Marvel films I guess as everybody else of uh, some of the ones that everybody likes like Guardians like I said it's not in my top five. Um, but, uh, this probably does crack my top three, and I was thinking about this, if I like mm-hmm. this more than Iron Man, and I do like this more than Iron Man, just because Iron Man's third act was garbage. So, that's just me, because it was awful. Maybe it was. Yeah, and this third act was way more probably one of the superior. best third acts. Yeah, but at the same time, the reason, and the reason why that Iron Man's still up there is that this was the first. Like, if Iron Man had 13 other movies to try to say, okay, cool, this is what we're not going to do in, the, like, the last act of have this weird battle that just, just all falls to a mess, they'll probably kind of get it right. So, um, one, one thing I do have to say about Marvel, though, is that they're, other than, uh, you know, the whole time loop, their villains still aren't very good. They're <laughs> not tough. Who's the villain in this movie, would you say? Casilius. Casilius, yeah. and he doesn't really... He fails so many times to kill, a, like, what you would consider strange to be a novice, pretty much, when he gets in the fight in the New York. Well, see, that's, so where, like, that's where that extra ten minutes. Explore the backstory on why he's doing it, because he's doing some crazy stuff. Like, give me more. And then also give t- uh, Strange time to, like... Like, don't make him a novice. Make him an intermediate, which is, like, he knows all the stuff. He just is, like, not very good at it. Yeah. And then it would explain why he's like Strange isn't able to straight up win, but why he's able to he's not dying. He can hold yeah. his own. Because I agree with you. I agree yeah, because he's supposed to be super powerful, and then you don't really see it in that fight with Strange. So it's like, yeah. what? You, it's hard to take away anything from any of their villains. They all end up. Well, I guess he didn't die, but he disappeared at the end of the movie. So I mean, still weak villains, but hopefully more to, more. Mordo. There we go. Mordor. Uh, Mordo is going to be more of a um, solid villain here. Uh, Jody, you have anything? Nope. 
Uh, with that, we will sign off. Uh, we will say thank you guys uh, and gals and, of course, Ryan Dowds. <laughs> Come on. Um, for listening to us for our podcast. You keep us going. You keep us going. Uh, we do a bunch of stuff that's going to be online. So we still do a, a Twitter. Um, so feel free to kind of um, kind of tweet at us, kind of ask a bunch of different questions. We're still watching a lot of stuff out there. That's at underscore D-I-F-P, at underscore Down in Front Podcast. We have an email at downinfrontpodcast at gmail.com. And we do a bunch of reviews. Haven't been doing too much because we've all been pretty busy. Um, but we're just going to see if we can try to get back up on the Reddit. Um, that's downinfront.reddit.com to kind of do a bunch of stuff there. Um, you can find more of my work. I do a... A wine and food pairing, mainly a lot of wines. That's going to be on a, a, a Twitter account at, at Friends with Blends. Uh, Brylon, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brylon, B R I L U N D. I'll send out weird cat memes to you. Nice. Jesse? I'm not giving out my email. Oh, what about your phone number? <laughs> but I'm signing off. Huh? Yeah. Mike? Uh, you can find me at Jesse Rand. Uh, <laughs> I thought we were locking people up in our basement. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse Rand Dungeon at gmail.com. Uh, actually, no, Ymail. Uh, you, can, you can find me uh, at uh, Mayanus Music uh, on what, Facebook? Maybe maybe Twitter? It's like one of the two. Uh, I play music where we should have stuff up. Cool. And Josh? I don't do anything interesting. Cool. Uh, thanks for coming out and goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye